Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports Domestics Microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies. And the pickle bar, live on the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. The Beverage Supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Roots, 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Colin Morikawa getting it done at Royal St. George. Oh, now we're on 59 watch. How about that? There's a bit of movement in that part as well, as you can see. He read it well. And look at this card from Colin Marakawa. 10 under for the championship. Well, right now it's Louis Oosthuizen again setting the pace at a major. This time the question is, can he finish the job? He gets close. He's won once. He won at the old course. But can he then go out and actually finish the job. He's up two on Morikawa right now. Three better than Spieth. Four better than Dustin Johnson. And what's six better than uh, Brooks Kepka? So there you go. It's... uh, Story at the Open Championship. All right. By the way, Bryson just yeah. barely going to make the cut uh, at one uh, one over. DeChambeau? Yes. Uh, Bryce, yeah, DeChambeau, yeah. Uh, the Cobra rep not enamored with Bryson DeChambeau. My driver stinks. Okay, like I'm your rep. <laughs> Excusez-moi. <laughs> I wanted him to miss the cut so bad. It's, it's interesting trying to watch him bomb it on this course because he only hit four out of 14 fairways, which means you're in the Lyme disease area. All right. Uh, with that, we bring in Joe Putnam. Sir, welcome. It's always great to have you with us. Always great to be here, Steve, and always great to talk with you. It's been a while since uh, we've had the chance to chat. There's been a bit of a break in the spike schedule. Well, let's talk about that, because part of being in the MLB Draft League is getting drafted. Uh, Four spikes ended up getting drafted. Chase Watkins in the ninth round by the Cubs. Andrew Moore, 14th round by the Mariners. Uh, Damiano Parmigiani was in the 14th round by the Blue Jays. And Kenny Piper was an 18th round pick of the Tampa Bay Rays. They'll be the first four ever players to be drafted by a Spikes team in the middle of the year as part of the MLB Draft League. What was the reaction as each name went off the board? Well, uh, uh, here, just immense pride. Uh, you know, we've, we've, over the years, had been fortunate enough to see 
many draft picks come to State College after they've been drafted, but um, never before the opportunity that presented itself this year and, and to see on day two Chase Watkins go off the board, that was very exciting. And then to see Andrew Moore and Damiano Palmajani go in the same round. And then at the very end, Kenny Piper, uh, 18th round pick, a guy who probably wasn't on anybody's draft board before he entered the MLB Draft League, but certainly made an impression with his offense and particularly his defense behind the plate. He's a guy who parlayed that, that opportunity he got in the MLB Draft League into an MLB uh, draft pick uh, in the 18th round uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays, the defending American League champion. So, you know, that that's sort of – those are the first four examples of the kind of opportunities that are available in, in this new league and also uh, probably a signal of the growth that's going to occur in this league over the next several years. I mean, 39 players overall were drafted that have played in the draft league this year and I think that number is just going to grow from here as the, the new mid-July All-Star Week format of the draft continues to take hold. Well, that's an average of uh, six and a half per team uh, along the way. Uh, so others did, because there are so many familiar names I saw in there. And this is just the beginning of it, Joe. I would think in years to come, the Spikes could have as many as eight guys taken I could see as many as 50 guys out of the league being taken. I mean, I, I, that's what I envision. I don't know what you're seeing. Absolutely. And, and there are so many things that are at play here in this particular draft. This is a unique draft year because there were only five rounds in last year's draft. So there was a lot of talent that decided to take the extra year of eligibility afforded yeah. them by the NCAA, stay in school, come out to the 2021 draft. So you have a draft that is cut in half, and it looks like it'll be around 20 rounds from here on out, but it had been 40 rounds before. So you take a draft that was 40 rounds, cut it down to 20, and then have two years' worth of talent essentially in it. There are a lot of players who didn't hear their names called during the draft that are very great, uh, very have the potential to be very good players, not only rising up through major league organizations, but in the big leagues as well. Uh, we've seen many examples of that over the years in State College of guys picked later than the 20th round, go on to become big leaguers and successful ones at that. And so the opportunities are immense. We're already seeing several draft league players now getting signed up as undrafted free agents. Uh, what is pretty exciting for the Spikes, I'm sure, Paul McIntosh of the West Virginia Black Bears was one of them. So won't have to see him again here in the draft. <laughs> he certainly uh, was formidable in the middle of the lineup uh, for the Black Bears. But, uh, you know, more and more players are, are getting noticed, and this is what this MLB Draft League has, is opportunities for players to raise their stock, to really get jump onto draft boards, to rise up draft boards. Maybe a guy like Chase Watkins, if he doesn't play in the Draft League, who knows if it's the ninth round. Maybe he's a 15th, 16th, 17th round pick. And there's a drastic difference between each round, as we've seen, the values of the picks, uh, any, you know, any number of differences that players can improve their stock in through the course of this draft league season. I think what we're going to see next year is we'll be in the second year of the league. There'll be a full off season to put together exactly what the vision will be for the 2022 MLB draft league season. It won't be such a shortened timeline as we saw this year with the league announced on November 30th and playing and having games. Uh, a mere six months later, um, there'll be a full off season to really evaluate everything that went on. We'll know exactly 
uh, you know, what needs maybe improve, but what, what was great about the league and move on from there. And the, the possibilities are really endless uh, for the, the opportunities and the growth in the NFL draft. Well, there's also now four weeks to go in the season. This is four more weeks for guys to impress to either get themselves as a free agent like McIntosh or to set themselves up for the next draft. So this will be four important weeks, which opens up the gate and the door for more fun at the ballpark. Very much so. And certainly on both sides of that, you've got guys like now Brady Brecklin, Cameron Lee. We saw them earlier this year with the Spikes. They're now back with the spikes and turning heads once again. Each of them, Brecklin and Lee, had two hits and a walk uh, last night in the return to action for the spikes down in West Virginia. But then you've got 12 more opportunities for fun, affordable family entertainment here in Happy Valley. And it starts off uh, tomorrow night, 635. We're back home against the Williamsport Crosscutters. And uh, we've got our first of six fireworks shows remaining on the slate every Friday and Saturday night home game from here on out. All the way to the end of the season on August 13th, we'll have fireworks with it. It'll also be a very special night tomorrow with Paint yeah, the Park King exactly. uh, partnering up with Matt Nittany Health to fight breast cancer once again. It'll look maybe a little bit different than it has in years past, but we've got uh, signs fans can are certainly urged to wear pink, as always, with the Paint the Park Pink event. We'll have pink spikes masks given away to the first 250 fans. Gates will open up to the public at 5.30, and there'll be additional masks for sale, $10 a piece, inside, off-the-rack outfitters, and a portion of those proceeds will benefit the Mount Nittany Health Foundation, and through that, benefit the great work done by the Breast Care Center at Mount Nittany Medical Center as well. So that's a phenomenal opportunity, and we'll also have, for this season, uh, a chance, uh, you know, as you've seen perhaps during World Series games, the MLB All-Star Game, the Stand Up to Cancer Initiative has been so great for Major League Baseball. Fans will have the chance at Medler Field at Lebrano Park to state exactly, write down the names of who they're wearing pink for on Saturday night. So that'll be a, a great way to uh, really personalize uh, your Paint the Park pink experience. You'll have something to take home and, and a keepsake to cherish uh, from a, a great event. I know Matt Neary has been doing some special work with the field for mm-hmm. Paint the Park Pink Night. And, uh, you know, to top it all off, you've got fireworks, you've got a Super Saturday, you've got baseball bingo uh, with a chance to uh, win big, get in that drawing for a 70-inch 4K Ultra HD Smart TV, great chances to win big with a PA lottery throughout the night as well. So all of that combined makes for a huge night, really sort of a reopening day, if you will, yeah. uh, tomorrow night, 635. And then we go into Sunday, 405, TikTok night at the ballpark, Phillipsburg Community Day, free kids zone at the ballpark. We're just chock full of fun, roaring right out of the gates after a 12-day layoff in home games this weekend. But there's actually a couple of elements in there. Paint the Park Pink is a part of the initiative that the Spikes have to be to giving back to incredible um, opportunities to donate, uh, charitable causes, and then the community nights. The fact that they're both coming back on the same weekend, Joe, I think is significant. That's another step toward normalcy. Absolutely, and there'll be many more community nights to come. Biltsburg coming up on Sunday, but we'll be honoring Belfont on August 12th. We have Mifflin and Juniata counties coming up on Friday the 23rd. Huntington County night still on the docket, and College Township Community Night. First time we're having a community night for our, our home area, so to speak, the township in which uh, Medler Field at Park is located. That'll be coming up as well, and all 
huge nights with uh, free kids zones at each and every night in the series, thanks to friends of Jake Foreman. So really, it's a tremendous opportunity to enjoy the baseball and come together as a community, like you said. We've always prided ourselves here at the Spikes on being a place where the community can come together. We help our friends. We help our neighbors. And, uh, you know, this is just a, a step back in that direction uh, to going full full bore with that once again throughout the rest of this season and into 2022. We'll get into this a little bit more as time goes, Joe. But uh, obviously this the way everything was done this year, it was done in such a way to – play. It was done in such a way to open the ballpark. So a lot of the promotions early weren't there. How we went about our business wasn't there. Even something as simple as host families or teams not allowed to be there. What can it mean to the success of the league to get some of those elements back in from day one? Oh, I mean, to be able to, on opening night, know that you can have 100% capacity, you can have everything on the field, all the uh, in-game contests that we have on the field, uh, all the youth groups, the baseball teams, the youth teams that join the spikes on the field usually, to have all that together for opening night 2022, that that is definitely going to be the signal that we are 100% back to normal. I mean, we are getting up there. It's been a, a rapidly rising curve. Uh, and, you know, at the outset of the season, not knowing exactly how many people will be able to be in the park at any one time, if we can accommodate groups, if we can accommodate, uh, youth teams, if we can accommodate, uh, really groups of any sort, uh, with seating arrangements to then all of a sudden, here we are, uh, adjusting and making adjustments throughout the summer. And everybody around the region has, has been able to do. And together now we'll make that last adjustment to get back to normal. Uh, in 2022 to be sure, but 12 opportunities to enjoy that same great, fun, affordable family entertainment that you've come to know and love with the State College like this season. So we hope that everybody will take advantage of these opportunities and know that there is more of this, much more of this coming up in 2022. When you talk to our partners at Williamsport, have they experienced some of the same things you have, or, or has there been a different feel to what has happened with them? No, it definitely, and they've had to make a lot of adjustments. I mean, Doug Estes and Gabe Sinecropi are two phenomenal great people. Uh, baseball people. Great, great people. Great people, and they have had to deal with, you know, it, it might be a little different market. It's a, uh, you know, the scale on certain things may not be uh, the same, but on other things, it definitely we have similar experiences in trying to adjust and continuously adapt to the changing circumstances of, uh, this season, leading up to this season, having to maneuver through COVID protocols and and uh, how how players can interact with fans if they can do it at all, how fans can interact with fans. You know, we, we're we're all maneuvering through this together across the MLB draft league. I mean, with us in Williamsport, both of us being so near to each other in Central Pennsylvania, we have had similar circumstances to which we have had to adapt. But then you've got. You know, Frederick down in Maryland, Mahone yeah. Valley out in Ohio, West Virginia. They have different, you know, standards state by state. So they've been certainly maneuvering around. And then, of course, Trenton Thunder, uh, welcoming <laughs> in the Blue Jays AAA team and having to adjust and move to Ryder University. It's really been a season of adjustments. This is the first year of the Major League Baseball Draft League. Everybody from all six teams 
to Major League Baseball, to Prep Baseball Report, which is operating the league. Everybody's had to make adjustments continuously throughout the course of the season. And, you know, it's not always the smoothest of processes, but at the end we're, we're all focused on the same goal, which is developing great players to make that step uh, into uh, the MLB draft and into Major League organizations moving up the ranks while also providing great entertainment for our communities and also providing vital uh, services and a vital arena for our communities to come together in each of these uh, markets. So I think we we all have the same goals in mind, and that's what really has has resulted in so many successes for the MLB Draft League in year one, however uh, rough the process might be to get there. Well, the last five home games, I think, for the Spikes have drawn, I think, a total of 19,000. Pretty good. Uh, the fans are catching on and enjoying it. And as one fan said to me yesterday, literally, he says, the level of play in this is better than it was before. That was his opinion. And I said, I said, I agree with you completely, but it was great to hear from somebody who's a fan who's been a season ticket holder. Joe, a pleasure. Can't wait to see you at the ballpark tomorrow. Yep, yes, indeed. 635. We'll see you there, Steve. And then 405 on Sunday. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Yeah, I think by the end of the year, I told Matt, I think you're going to be a Mariners fan. Uh, yeah, opinion. I can care less about the Mariners. Uh, season's gone. They're looking better, too. Maybe if the Phillies pick things up, depending on what they do with the deadline, maybe I might jump on their bandwagon and have fun with it. See, I always get concerned about the people I see limping. You want to know why? Because they all turned ankles jumping on and off of bandwagons. <laughs> Phillies and Marlins, by the way, squirrels bottom of the first first game of a twilight doubleheader. Yeah, that was a weird start. Jim Salisbury was the only one to tweet about this, but I guess an hour before first pitch, the gates were still weren't opened yet at CBP, and the Marlins didn't put out their lineup. No. But then eventually, obviously they did, and under and they're underway now. Yeah. Well, did they take batting practice? I guess so. I haven't heard that they didn't. All right, so this is where everything is right now. All right, so the National League, the Mets are three and a half up on the Phillies. And the Phillies are 500. The Braves are four back. The Nationals are six back. 
Milwaukee is four up on the Reds, eight up on the on the Cubs. Well, the Cubs are two and eight in their last ten, and the Cardinals are eight back. The Giants have the best record in the National League. They have the best record in baseball. And this is Gabe Kapler, by the way. Two up on the Dodgers, who I think have the second best record in baseball. They have the second best record in baseball. They're in second place. And there's six up on the Padres. American League, the Red Sox are a game and a half up on the Rays, eight up on the Jays, eight up on the Yankees. White Sox are eight up on the Indians. Houston is three and a half up on the A's, seven up on the Mariners, Angels nine back. I'm only including teams that are over 500. Okay? If you're under 500, you're not going to make it. The Orioles are playing at a sizzling 315 clip. The Rangers at a 389 clip. The Pirates at a 378 clip. And the Diamondbacks at a 283 clip. And they've actually won four of their last six and actually have been, have raised their winning percentage. Huh? I'm ever the optimist. I haven't seen that. I've been looking to see where Kofi Coburn decided to go. I think he's going to go to Kentucky, but I thought he was supposed to announce today. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. The Beverage Supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And six great flavors of slushies. The pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Last week, I had a chance to spend about an hour and a half with the King. It felt like it went by in five minutes. How's it going? Did you have a good vacation? Yeah, it was good. I just went for the weekend. Had a good time. Right after you left, my wife calls me and says, we got a problem. I said, what's that? There was a hole in the backyard. Really? So she sends a picture. It's it's a hole. It's a ditch. We got a sinkhole in our backyard. I lost my whole backyard. So we got 15 inches of rain there. So it's 
spent the weekend with well, it was kind of like you ever see Gold Rush? Yeah. On Discovery, it was like that. Machines like that. Great big shovel trucks, backhoes. Took my whole backyard, my fence, everything. So, there's a drain out at the street, and then we live on a road. It's called Ridge Circle. Hint: We live on a ridge. Yeah. <laughs> so the pipe comes out the back of our backyard, which is on like a cliff, and the pipe got jammed, and all the water backed up and ran right back underneath our yard, and our whole yard fell in. So the dog's mad. So, but <laughs> no one got hurt, and we have to grow new grass and. I kid you not, we have a lawn like a golf course. So it broke bad. my heart, and it was a lot of work to get it to look like that. And then just yeah. sit there and watch all these big backhoes just ripping it to pieces. They're going to have to put in a retaining wall. So anyway, that's my story. How you doing? Good. good. All good. Good. Yeah, it's going along. Got a couple of baseball games this weekend, and then go from there. You know. It's, How's the COVID for... battle there? I, in this state, it's been okay, right, Matt? I mean, yeah. yeah, we've been above 400 the last two days, but other than that, it's still been relatively low, at least in our area here. That's good. That's good. Getting mm-hmm. a little hairy, you know, a little scary, kind of, kind of poking its head out a little bit. Our our positivity rate has doubled, but. It was low, so it went from a half a percent to like one and a half percent. But they're testing a lot of people too, so yeah. Anyway, it's still frightening that it could go back to where it was. You see what sure. LA did, so yeah. See, I think personally, they should open everything and should have opened everything, but should have kept the mask mandate for a year, so that everything stays good. You know. I mean, I don't know. A lot of people think that's crazy, but man, if they start testing again and people start getting sick again, they're going to shut everything down again. So, can't have that. So, at least the Yankees didn't lose, Matt. <laughs> uh, as I as I've said before, season in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ready to hear this lineup for this for the Red Sox tonight? Lemayhew at third, standing at. As a designated hitter, Odor at second, Sanchez behind the plate because Agasio is on the COVID list. Torres at short, Gardner in center, Chris Giddens back at first, then Trey Ambergi right field, and Tim LaCastro in left field, and Montgomery pitching tonight. Ew. Is anyone batting over 250? I, I don't think so. So <laughs> just sell, just sell at the deadline at this point and be done with it. Like this, this is just bad. And now. Void is back on the DL again. Oh, well, who would you sell? Let me ask you something. You're saying sell at the deadline. Okay, who would you sell? Anybody. <laughs> oh, jeez. You know what? Such a I'm going to bet since it's, we can now bet. Well, I'm not betting anybody, but the Yankees will win tonight. Well, they very well may. Yep. Unless it gets rained out. So. Uh, watch them win. Watch them go on a 10-game winning streak. 
<laughs> nobody's to bring the minor league team up to be better. Yeah, the Yankees just look like they're trying to hit a home run every time they get up. Oh. That's part of the problem. Yeah, I've well, been watching the games, and I'm like, come on, man. You just you get two men on, and you strand them out there. Yeah, just get a hit. Just make contact. Move the runners over. Bunt. Sacrifice. Do whatever. Don't, you know, they get two men on, and Stanton gets up, and he's... He's like a corkscrew spinning himself into the dirt trying to hit a three-run home run. Just poke the ball out into left field. Do anything. Move the runners around. Baseball 101. Well, this is the the part, to be honest with you, that that Aaron Boone and the Yankees can't grasp, quite simply. There are multiple ways to win. Analytics is one of them. If you take the approach that analytics is one of them, I think you and you have talent, you have a chance to win. Because on a given night, analytics may be absolutely the way to win. Mm-hmm. And on other nights, you may have to adapt. And when you do adapt, you know if you may go against what analytics says, but it's a way to win. Uh, the Yankees are trying to do everything analytically every night as if it, that is the way to win. It's also a poorly constructed team because with a short porch and right field, you can't just have a maximum of one left-handed bat in the lineup. Mm-hmm. They're just so right-handed centric, it's really stunning how right-handed centric they are. Now, look, do you want to have Judge? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to have LeMahieu? Yeah. Do you want to have Stanton? Yeah. But you've got to you've got to construct the team in such a way where you've got at least a couple of left-handed bats or switch hitting bats in that lineup that can take advantage of right field, and they don't do that. And that that's that's the, the Cashman. Yeah, I, you're right. I, I I like teams that can run, you know, but. I've watched a few Yankee games in the last couple of weeks. I'm like, they don't have anything. They're, if they can't hit a home run, they can't win. That's it, you know. And now that they can't put sticky stuff on the ball, their pitchers aren't so great. So <laughs> there you go. Second lowest OPS right now in baseball. That's atrocious with the, with well, the way Yankee Stadium's constructed. Well, not but not only that. Here's the other part: the Yankees have had more runners thrown out on the bases than any other team in the yep. majors. I, that's too many guys in my no no look you, are you going to get thrown out in the bases sometimes sure every once in a while you're trying to force the action every once in a while you're trying to force the other guy to make or a mistake depends how or, you get thrown out or, yeah. or force or force the guy the other guy to be perfect yeah. but it tells you and this is something I've harped on for a while you may have too many guys in the roster that may have talent but don't know how to play it's a good way to put it, because they've also grinded into. It's got to be over sixty double plays this year too. Yeah, but they've turned three triple plays. <laughs> so that's been the old, that's been a low and bright spot. That's it. Uh, I don't know. It's bizarre. And the Red Sox are playing good baseball. I mean, Cora can manage. He's a good manager. So. Uh, 
a lot of guys in the Red Sox you never heard of, you know, and they're good ball players. They're very well managed, very well coached. It hurts me to say, makes me sick to say it, but the Red Sox are good. So, they're not great. They win they're, it all. they're not great. They're good. I mean, he's got enough options in the bullpen that helps him. Uh, you know, beyond just Barnes, I mean, they've got a couple of you know guys in the bullpen that can help him. Having a guy like Arroyo step up at second base, give them a little bit of pop at at, the, at a spot where they didn't expect it, really helps. Kidding. You know, it's All freaking right. pouring here again. <laughs> of course it is. So. Let's take a break. Today's show is sponsored by Brewers Outlet on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Headlines for the week. Here we go. Well, just to keep with the baseball theme, I'll start first. I'm curious to see what the NL East and AL East is going to do with the deadline. I think still the Yankees are going to buy, even though they should sell. (laughs) Obviously, the Red Sox and the Rays, I think, will buy. But the NL East is going to be wild. I think everybody but the Marlins are going to buy. The Braves already got Jock Peterson yesterday, so that's my first start. You're right. King, what do you got? The NL East is good. Fun. Yeah. What do you got, King? Well, I'm going back to Big Brother. So. <laughs> of course. When will Derek F. from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, reveal to his cast members who his father is? Derek F. Derek Frazier from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, is smoking Joe Frazier's son. Oh, he's okay. Big Brother, yeah. So, Met Joe Frazier once. He's good at the game. He's a nice guy. So Met Joe Frazier once. Did you really? Yeah. Were you nice uh, to him? Did he? Oh my or? goodness, he was a great, <laughs> great guy. Really, shook his hand, and I felt like I had to send in a search party to find my hand. <laughs> yeah, big pause. I man. don't doubt oh, that. Oh man. Uh, his son's a big kid. Nice, very nice guy, his son. But he did not re- reveal to the other cast members who his dad is. So I don't know if he's using that as a wild card, because there's another guy who did that. His name was Frankie Grande. And he played the whole season, and then when he got in trouble, he revealed who his sister was, Ariana Grande. So... And that kept him in the house because of it. So we'll see if we'll see if he uses that wild card. It's just mm. interesting. I thought it was cool. I was like, holy crap, Joe Frazier's son. So okay, that's all I got. Steve. There'll be no more no hitters the rest of the season because of spider tech. You know what? That's actually not a bad thought. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not even checking that stuff anymore. It's just a, it's a joke. They're laughing. The umpires come over and they laugh and they make it look like they're looking and they're not. And these guys will be sticking it up again. So, you think? Oh, who knows? I mean, yeah. that, that, to me, that's one of my biggest complaints with what... There are rules that are in place to actually deal with everything we talk about in baseball. 
all the time. And you know what? The umpires don't do a good job enforcing. You're 100% spot on. Yep. So, uh, it's, they've mm. got to do something. It's like Stephen A. Smith. What a stupid thing he said this week. And he was right. You know, I'm not saying he was wrong. But my gosh, that, uh, how do you say his name? Osaki? Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani. Otani, yeah. <laughs> so that was bad. Um, I mean, I tuned into the home run derby to watch him. Sure. You know? I mean, that that's sure. he's wonderful for baseball. Remember who and, we're talking about, though. I don't Stephen care a. Smith. if he doesn't speak English. That's ridiculous. <laughs> this is Stephen A. Smith we're talking about. Speak English. People want to watch somebody perform. They're not really that interested in the interview part of it. It's nice. It's a nice add-on, but oh, hey, Ichiro. Well, Ichiro could speak English. He just didn't want to. <laughs> so well, no, but yeah, but sometimes you you want to answer questions in your native tongue. Yeah, because that way you're not trying to fight for it. Would be like the equivalent of me attempting to answer questions in Spanish. I could start to answer questions in Spanish, but but I, I would make some some sort of mistake along the way or I'd have to sit back and go, wait, that's not what I meant to say. And that's what that's what people that's why they have interpreters. They're trying to avoid that. I I tried to learn the entire Spanish language in college in one night and I couldn't and I failed the final and then I'm walking through the building, and the teacher yells, Ronaldo, because there was no Spanish name for Kevin, so my middle name was Ronald, dad's name. Come here. And he called my friend Billy. He opens up his, ref- go to his office, opens up his refrigerator. He's got a case of beer. We ended up getting <laughs> drunk with the Spanish teacher. <laughs> and the last time I saw him, he was dancing by himself at the Ramada Inn on the dance floor yeah. with disco. That is he, amazing. He passed did you, me. Yeah, I, I was going to say, did, he, did you pass? Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, anyway. This is why I love this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Senor Gonzalez. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> All right, I'm going to the golf now. It's like I try to follow that one up. What club is Bryson DeChambeau going to break next? <laughs> he is such a dope. I'm so mad he, he he just made the cut. He made the cut? He just barely did. They set the cut at one over, and, and he and he's on one over now. I think he shot even on the day. He is, he is a head case. Get I watched out. the uh, Brady and, and uh, Nicholson and... Oh, the match, uh, yeah, with Rogers yeah, the and match, him. Yeah, match so, took me a little while to figure out what the match was. I'm flipping through all the different things on the cable and said, the match, the match, the match. I go, well, oh. it was actually pretty good. Rogers, good player. So, but the Chambles is just, my gosh, he's a head case. He's a dope. Uh, so. Steve, what do you got? Jordan Spieth will win the Open. You think? I was just going to ask, how's he doing? I, last I saw, he was in second place. Yep. Three back. In fact, let me amend that. Let me say this. Dustin Johnson's going to win the Open. He's four back. Oh, I Dustin like it. Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson. How far back is Spieth? Uh, three back. 
He can play. He's good out there. I like Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth oh. is good for sports. You know? Jordan Spieth, I mean, he, he, um, when he's done being gracious with the media, he always goes out. And, then, you know, this is where Arnold Palmer sets such a good example, and Mickelson sets a great example. When they're done with their obligations, they go out and they sign for fans. And Spieth does that over and over because I've seen it firsthand watching Spieth sign for people. Yeah, I'll be I'll be walking through the driving range at the Open at the uh, U.S. Open, and he's right there signing stuff for people left and right, and not running away, not rushing away. I'll sign a couple and get out of here. He's signing for everybody, so he is the kind of guy you do root for. You know, I got King, one. I, I got I to gotta show you this story real fast to sure. follow up on your uh, your drunken story with your <laughs> Spanish teacher. <laughs> so when I was in grade school, my teachers did a football pool every year, and they literally fought over me. And some and even my gym teacher would pull me out of class to do his picks for him, and he won. <laughs> well, they were literally just they were literally fight over me. To, to, uh, for me to do their picks. <laughs> and my funny. one gym teacher literally pulled me out of class for me to do the picks. And he <laughs> won I that week. <laughs> <laughs> then you get used to it. You know I have it yes. right there. <laughs> and, then, and then the guidance counselor pulls me over like, yeah, well, how are you, Mr. Musk? Can you, want, can you fill out my picks for this week? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Can you oh, imagine boy. now? Because that's my next thing, sports oh. betting. With the sports betting, you see the teacher shaking over in the corner. You gotta help me, man. <laughs> so, uh, that, I heard stuff this week on sports betting that got frightening. Tom Brady comes forward and says that he had his knee was torn during the Super Bowl. So, uh, are are teams gonna hide injuries based on sports betting? You know that. There's a lot going to go down on the sports betting thing that's going to be really, really kind of weird, right down to the college level, you know? Man, you can't report that because, you know, there's bets on this and whatever. Or people don't report it, and then people start dying, you know? I don't... What do you guys think? Well, I think that, first of all, let's start with college basketball. Why do you think some schools are having trouble scheduling non-conference opponents from, from, quote, lower conferences? Because they don't want you taking their players. Right? So there's a lot of elements that are going in today between sportsbook and, and transfers and things like that where everything is completely different than 10 years ago. I think that sports is going to change completely over the next two years. So, and not for the good, for the bad. So. 